What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hey guys, before we start today's episode, I just want to take a quick minute and talk about how Ava works. There are six days in a cycle when it's possible to conceive. Ava is clinically tested to recognize five of them. It's super easy. You wear your Ava to bed and overnight the Ava sensor bracelet collects continuous data while you sleep. And then when you wake up, you sync the bracelet to the app and Ava's algorithm instantly shows your results. And lastly, you see your most fertile days. Ava pinpoints your five best days to try for a baby as they're taking place. With clinically proven detection of the fertile window, Ava tracks multiple physiological parameters to recognize a woman's most fertile days in real time. Use the link in the description of this episode to see if Ava is right for you. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have Julie Brown on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story. Julie, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Hey, Shelly. Okay. Um, First off, I did want to say thank you so much. Um, This podcast has seriously been um, just like one of the most helpful things as part of my, um, you know, healing journey with all this. So I do want to say thank you. Um, And yeah, I will just kind of dive in like everyone else does. Um, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, my husband, Matt, is he's from Richmond, Virginia. Um, and he moved to Charlotte from, I guess he was in Charleston, South Carolina, um, back in 2011. And he moved here to Charlotte and we met through um, a mutual friend of mine. And yeah, we got engaged pretty quickly about a year and a half after we met. Um, and I had gone back to school uh, to finish getting my degree in finance. And we had just decided that we wanted to wait until, you know, after I had got, gone back and, and finished up my degree to start trying to have a family. Um, so we ended up getting married in May of 2015. Um, and that would have been the day before I turned 26. Um, my husband's about three years older than me. Um, so yeah, after I, you know, finished school, we got married. Um, I, you know, went and I was working in an accounting role. Um, wasn't really happy with, you know, my job. And I decided after about a year and a half of working in that role that I, um, wasn't happy and decided to kind of pursue a different passion of mine. So, um, I started a completely different career and decided again that I just kind of wanted to establish myself a little bit before we started trying to have a family. Um, you know, I'd always wanted, you know, three to five kids. I've always seen myself having a really big family and for whatever reason, it just seemed like we kept kind of pushing it off. Um, and I know I mentioned this, my husband is three years older than me and he has been vocal from the beginning. He's always wanted a big family and he was pretty much ready to start right after we got married. Um, 
but you know, he totally understood kind of where I was coming from that I wanted to establish myself. So we decided to um, kind of put that on the back burner for a little bit, but always in the back of my mind, I, I knew he was always ready. So, um, so finally spring of last year, spring of 2019, we had decided we were ready to start trying. Um, I had started taking all the, all the good vitamins, um, basically doing everything. I had been tracking my um, period and ovulation through, you know, the glow app. Um, but really in 2019, we just kind of had one thing after the other happen. So we had a, a couple of huge trips that came up. Um, so it kept kind of pushing the date back. And, and finally, as we were approaching the holidays, we, we just said, we can't put this off anymore. We want this to happen. So um, right around December, we started trying and um, I guess after New Year's, um, so you know January of 2020, um, my husband um, and I had some friends that had a wedding that was coming up in Capri, Italy in September. And so we had decided to go over to our other friend's house and we were planning a huge group, uh, group trip to Italy. And that evening I, had realized that my period was a couple of days late and um really didn't think anything of it i was just you know my, my period is pretty regular but i you know every now and again it'll be a day or two off and so i just i really didn't think that the first month of us trying we were going to be able to get pregnant and i did end up deciding to take a pregnancy test um, before we went over to our friend's house to plan the trip and I got a positive result and so I you know people always talk about how they want to tell their significant other and all these you know cute ideas and ways and I was in such shock I just kind of walked out of the bathroom and said you know, holy crap, Matt, can you confirm that this is positive? I'm pretty sure I'm looking at a positive pregnancy test. So um, he looked at the test and, you know, he agreed it was positive and we were just in absolute shock, but we were, um, you know, we were over the moon excited about everything. So um so we did go over to our friend's house still that night we didn't want to cancel on them so we kind of had to pretend plan this trip to capri that we knew we weren't going to be able to take because after looking calendar we actually realized that our due date was going to be um on the day of the wedding in capri so um so we went over there um you know, that was kind of interesting, but uh, I had my first appointment with my OBGYN um, on January 27th, and I was um, six weeks, two days at that point, and, um, you know, I was really nervous. I am all, I'm, I go to the doctor regularly, but um, I do get a lot of anxiety and stuff. Doctors, hospitals scare me. 
Um, so I was really nervous. I, I don't love needles. I hate getting the yearly pap smears. <laughs> um, I but, can relate. I'm terrified <laughs> of the doctor. <laughs> My blood pressure is always super high. They're like, did you just, yeah, they always ask me if my blood pressure is usually as high. It just, it's crazy. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm just really nervous. <laughs> They're like, your heart is beating out of your chest right now. Like, oh, I, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I did all that and basically I ended up really liking my doctor and, um, she said everything looked great. Um, so I don't remember at what point I had my next appointment, but, um, I think I came in maybe about a week or two weeks after that for my first, um, ultrasound. And so I, I, I don't know why, but I was still in utter shock and disbelief that I was pregnant and so I go into the ultrasound and I didn't really know what to expect and I've heard some of the other girls on the podcast say that um you know they couldn't do a regular ultrasound so they ended up having to do um like a vaginal ultrasound on me and just the second she put you know the machine or whatever it's called the probe or whatever in there and I heard a heartbeat I I felt at that point, it was just everything became so real for me. And, um, you know, you hear your baby's heartbeat for the first time. And it was honestly, I mean, it was probably the best moment of my life, even over maybe my wedding. I, I just, you know, in that moment, you, I felt like I became a mom. Not that I wasn't, you know, before knowing I was pregnant, but it just became that much more real for me. So um, that was, that was really cool. And the, the ultrasound tag just said, you know, your baby's heartbeat. It's so strong. I haven't, you know, I, I'm sure she tells that to everyone, but she just said, you know, this is one of the strongest heartbeats I've ever heard. So we were, um, just kind of over the moon excited. And so we left that appointment, um, just you know, feeling awesome and, and really excited about everything. So as far as, um, telling, friends and family, I have an identical twin sister. And so I told my sister, Ashley, literally the day after the morning after I found out I had to tell her I had to get that off my chest with her because we're really close. Um, but then kind of fast forward towards the end of January, my husband and I were, um, I guess I was just at like seven weeks, which I know is still pretty early, but, um, my husband's entire family lives in like Northern Virginia, uh, Richmond, Virginia area. So we were, um, going out of town to go to like a co-ed wedding shower. That was about an hour outside of Washington, DC. Um, and it was a family friend of my husband's co-ed wedding shower. So we, we were staying with the family who was hosting it. His parents were going to, my husband's parents were going to be there. His sister and her husband were going to be there. Um, and so we wanted to tell everyone in person and we knew the only other opportunity we were going to have was going to be at the wedding, which was like four, four, almost five weeks later. Um, so we did end up deciding to tell everyone. Um, so kind of early, but we, we did tell his whole family and they were just over the moon excited for us. Um, and yeah, it was a really special moment kind of, kind of sharing that with his family, but, um, I'm trying to think what next. Um, so yeah, we ended up telling all of our friends that we were supposed to go to Italy with that we couldn't because you know we were pregnant. And so um, everyone's really excited for us. We I think went in for one more appointment where I had you know my blood 
done and they ran all the testing and stuff on that and we got the results back and um I'm kind of one of those psycho people. I had my my online portal pulled up and I'm typing in, you know, what is a regular HCG level for, you know, this level of my pregnancy and just every number seemed to be within like the perfect range of where it needed to be. So again, just very, um, you know, happy and um, I tend to worry and stuff about health things. And I um, told myself this pregnancy, I was not going to let myself get caught up in, in Google searches. I, you know, I had some of the apps and I was, um, you know, checking those nightly to see how big our, you know, the baby was at the, that moment and, you know, what, you know, was being developed and stuff that week. But I forced myself to not ever look into anything that could freak me out about being pregnant. <laughs> um, so let's fast forward um, about after the wedding shower that we were at in Northern Virginia, um, it was time to go back up there for the wedding. Um, so we were back up in Northern Virginia. I'm sorry, the, I woke up that morning. Um, I guess it was Friday, February 28th. Um, and I would have been 11 weeks and a couple of days at this point pregnant. Um, I woke up that Friday morning around 6.30 in the morning, and we were about to get on the road, and I went to the bathroom, um, and when I wiped, I noticed there was just a really, really small, small amount of blood um, when I wiped, and it was sort of like a, that dark color. I've, I've heard other people kind of describe it, and um, that's definitely what it was for me. It wasn't, you know, the bright red that people describe. Um, so my initial reaction to stuff like that is to kind of panic and freak out. Um, but I tried to remain calm. I didn't let myself Google anything. Um, I have several friends that are nurses and most of them are actually nurses in the emergency room. So, um, and all of my nurse friends have children. So I kind of, right away, I reached out to, you know, my friend Madison, and then I reached out to my friend Jen and Tina, and just, I was texting everyone and just said, is this normal? What's going on? Um, I seemed to hear back from all three of them at exactly the same time. And, you know, two of the three of them said that they both had some light bleeding during their pregnancies and that it was pretty calm, uh, common and just not to freak out and, and get myself worked up. They said um, to kind of just monitor things, take it as easy as I could and, and to call my doctor and, and let her know what was going on. So called the triage nurse, let her know what was going on, but we continued to drive to DC. Um, and yeah, it's basically just, it pretty much stayed steady. I didn't really have any additional bleeding that day. It was just kind of very, very faint. Um, so we got into DC and we were staying the night with one of our friends that, that live in the city. Um, so we stayed there that evening. We announced the pregnancy to them and, and celebrated with them. And um, they were just over the moon excited for us. And so we went to sleep that night and I woke up the next morning um, and I went to the bathroom and there was, more blood. Um, it still was not anything crazy, but it did pick up from the day before and my heart just kind of sank. Um, 
I remember like going downstairs and um, this was one of my husband's like best friends from high school. So I, I went downstairs and just, you know, asked and told his wife kind of what was going on. Um, you know, she said that she didn't have any of that happen when she was, um, when she was pregnant, but you know, she had heard about it and she just kind of tried to comfort me and, and told me to stay calm and stuff. So, um, at this point we needed to leave to get on the road to head to the actual wedding venue, which was like another hour away. Um, so I called the triage nurse again at my OB's office and, and she told me it was normal just to monitor it, take it easy, rest up until the wedding. Um, and just to give her a call back if anything picked up at all. So we got to the wedding venue. Um, it was this gorgeous winery vineyard type thing uh, with like a small hotel that was walking distance to like the ceremony and reception areas. So again, his entire family is there. They're best friends with the, you know, the family who had the son who's getting married. So his mom and dad were there, his sister, brother-in-law, um, and everyone, you know, there were, we like to drink, you know, beer and wine and stuff. So they all wanted to go to a brewery. Um, so I just kind of had a pit in my stomach the whole day and I just, I couldn't really enjoy myself. So I went back to, um, the hotel room to kind of rest up while they were, um, you know, starting to hang out and everything. So fasting, uh, fast forward to the ceremony. Um, it was, Again, it was just, it was an absolutely beautiful venue. The bride looked gorgeous. Um, I still just wasn't fully able to myself. Just, I had this huge pit in my stomach. So towards the end of the ceremony, um, I just, I felt something like, I just felt something and I knew I needed to get to the bathroom. Um, and so when I went to wipe, there was a pretty large clot that came out and my heart just sank. It was, you know, I'm in the middle of a wedding ceremony. My husband, you know, my husband's the only one other person that knows kind of what's going on right now. And I don't know that I still hadn't let get to the point where I would say that I realized I was having a miscarriage. Um, I think I was just kind of putting it in the back of my mind and I, I couldn't admit that to myself. So I started kind of panicking and um, I, I went back into the reception hall and, and I found the table I was sitting at and I sat down and um, his sister was just kind of looking at me and she could tell I was upset. And she just said, hey, like, you know, can I, will you come over here with me? Like, let's chat. So his, his sister pulled me aside and um, she is actually a doctor. Um, she had just graduated from medical school. She's a podiatrist. So I um, decided to go ahead and kind of fill her in uh, with what was happening. And I just needed someone in that moment to come into the bathroom with me and, and hold my hand and, and kind of talk me through this. So um, I told her in the bathroom and it was probably about a two or three minute conversation. I was obviously crying and then I didn't, I had no idea there was another woman in the bathroom, but like even another woman kind of walked out of the bathroom and just heard me, you know, tell this story about what was happening to me. So all three of us are kind of like crying in the bathroom. I felt horrible. I found out that this woman was actually cousins with the bride and this poor woman just had to hear me talk about, you know, what was happening. So that was just a really, um, I just, I just felt really bad in that situation, but, um, I called the 
triage nurse again and she I was you know crying and very, very upset and she basically just said listen like you, you need to leave the wedding you need to go go lay down it's probably gonna continue to pick up at this point so um, my husband left with me to kind of walk me back to the room it was luckily a pretty short walk to our hotel um, so we, we got back to the hotel room and I was like, babe, please, like, I want you to enjoy the wedding. We don't know anything bad is happening. Like, I'm just going to rest. Um, but I was, you know, pretty upset. And so my husband decided um, to stay with me and, and not go back to the wedding. So I guess I dozed off at some point. Um, that was, we probably left the wedding around 10 o'clock and then or no, it was, it was probably around 9.30. Um, and then I dozed off and at about 11.30 at night, I woke up and I was in the most excruciating pain um, I've ever felt. Like I cannot describe how painful, it was just a sharp shooting pain in my lower abdomen. Um, and my husband was next to me asleep, but he was starting to wake up and I, I just, I ran towards the bathroom um, and I sat down and just without getting into like too much detail, I just, the amount of bleeding that and clotting that I was passing and I was screaming in pain. It was, you know, I, I have heavy periods um, and I do get bad cramping, but this was so far beyond any amount of pain I've ever experienced. I was crying out um, and I was probably in the bathroom. This was happening for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then I'd go back to the bed and then I thought it was over and then it would return. So I, I kept having to go back to the bathroom and it was so bad that I just, I ended up just sitting there for a very long time. And I finally went to stand up um, and I was so lightheaded. Um, I also, at this point, I didn't have um, the woman, the the wife who I, we had stayed with the night before, she gave me like a pad, the only pad she had, but I didn't have a pad. I didn't have any tampons on me. It's not like, you know, we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so it, it was just a bad situation. And I tried to stand up eventually. And I just remember I almost fell over because I was so lightheaded. Um, I also hadn't had any like water or Gatorade or anything. Um, so I'm sure that kind of contributed to how, you know, I was feeling. But um, finally, we decided that I do need to go to the emergency room because I had almost fainted. Um, so we get in the car and we call the triage nurse again and she's like, you know, you really need to take an ambulance. Um, we don't recommend, you know, you or your husband driving, but we were absolutely in the middle of nowhere. So um, we decided to kind of go against that and, and my husband, you know, was going to drive me. So um, I've heard other women kind of, you know, who have been through this describe how intense the pain is. Um, you know, what I was going through, it was not like your typical menstrual cramping. Um, I'm convinced that I was, you know, experiencing full, full fledged, full intense labor contractions. Um, the entire way to the ER, I was, you know, just screaming in pain. It was, it was that painful for me. And so finally we got there and 
my husband pulled up on the curb and a nice person brought a wheelchair out and they just rushed me back into the emergency room immediately. Um, you know, the hospital was in the middle of nowhere. It did not look like a typical hospital. The emergency room was kind of completely separate. It's, it's not like here in Charlotte, we have just a really huge hospital system and everything's kind of all together. And, you know, it was completely empty, the, the emergency room. Um, I remember the nurse came in and she was asking me some questions. I, I don't really remember what she said, just kind of, you know, when did the bleeding start? Bad was it? You know, my husband was trying to answer the majority of the questions. Um, I'm just going through these like intense labor pains is what I, what I believe them to be, but I was just going through these pain, these pains every minute to minute and a half. And I was, the amount of blood I was losing was just, it was very concerning. I mean, even the nurse, you know, said that the, the bleeding was, was very significant. So, um, at some point I get an IV put in my arm and they get me on some fluids. Um, they take a blood sample and this entire time I'm going through, you know, these labor contractions and I'm, I'm just kind of screaming out in pain and my husband's just next to me squeezing my hand and, um, you know, I'll never forget the look on my husband's face. He was, um, he was just so sad and it's the most pain you know, I've ever seen him go through. And I, you know, that's really stuck with me as just my husband and, and what he had to have been feeling and, and thinking in the moment. Um, he's a really strong person, um, you know, and he was just trying to do what he could and, um, you know, was just squeezing my hand and, and trying to comfort me. So um, there wasn't a toilet in my, the emergency room that I was in and I was bleeding so much. Um, at first they just kind of gave me some pads, um, and put them like on the bed that I was on, but I was completely soaking and soiling those within, you know, three to four minutes. And this was going on for about an hour or so. Um, Eventually, I, I knew I needed to go to the bathroom. So since there wasn't one in my room, um, they told me that I needed to walk to the bathroom, which was um, down the hallway. Um, at this point, a couple of other people had started to come into the emergency room. So we weren't the only people there. And I just remember, um, I think at this point, I did have some type of like adult diaper on um but basically I just remember my husband kind of walking down the hallway holding my hand while I'm still going through these contractions or whatever they were and probably the most embarrassing moment I just remember like looking down and I saw blood kind of um like coming down as I was like well, trying to get to the bathroom to take care of everything. And um, I was just, in that moment, I was just really ashamed of myself. I was, um, I was mortified. Nurses were kind of staring at me. Um, I had other patients that were starting to look at me and no one, you know, I, I don't know who all knew exactly what was going on, but I was just very, um, very embarrassed. And 
I finally, I got to the bathroom and I just remember passing, um, again, an insane amount of, um, you know, blood clotting and they let my husband come into the bathroom with me. So he was holding my IV and stuff for me. And I just, I remember asking him not to look at me. Um, I asked him not to look at me or, you know, the blood or anything of what I was passing. And, um, you know, this just, it kept happening and coming. And, um, you know, finally I got back to the room and I was still in just such a large amount of pain. And at this point, no one had told me anything about what was happening to me. Um, I think I had started to realize what was going on, but I, I couldn't let myself get there mentally until someone told it to me. And at this point, they still hadn't told me what was happening. Um, I also was not given any type of um, pain relief. They, they wouldn't give me any type of medicine aside from the IV fluid because they said that they needed to know exactly what was going on before they could give me any medicine. So at this point, I had been in the hospital for about five hours and all they had done was give me an IV and I was, you know, just passing all this. So Matt finally, uh, my husband buzzed the doctor and he asked for an update and um, the ultrasound, the doctor came in finally. I think this might've been the first time I actually spoke to a doctor and she told me that the ultrasound tech was on call. They didn't have an ultrasound tech on site and so they had to wait for her to get there. So after about six hours of being at the hospital, she finally got there and they, they wheeled me out of my, my room and I asked if my husband could come and, you know, they said no, it was, you know, an ultrasound. So it just had to be me and this person. And um, I got to the room and I don't know if this woman had a bad morning. I don't know if she just didn't like me <laughs> or, or what, but um, she was honestly the most cold person I've ever met. She just I was crying. I'm passing contractions. And she just is like, listen, you need to calm down. Stop crying. Um, you know, you don't know what's going on yet. Just calm down. You need to stop freaking out. And um, I'm still having contractions and I'm in, I'm crying out in pain. I'm I'm sad about what's happening, but I'm I'm also actually crying out in pain because every other minute or two, you know, I'm having these pains kind of return. So um, she tried to do a regular ultrasound, but I could tell she wasn't finding what she was looking for. And so she said, okay, you know, get up, take your undergarments off, take your pads off. We're, um, we're going to have to do an internal exam while I'm going through all this. So, um, I told her, I thought I was bleeding too much and the pain and she just, she just kind of shrugged me off and, and said to calm down. I needed, it needed to happen. So I got off the bed I, again, am, you know, still bleeding everywhere. Um, just no sympathy or remorse from this woman. She just, you know, was like, you know, hurry up. That's kind of the vibe I was getting from her was just, listen, you need to hurry up. So finally I got back on the um, exam bed and yeah, she did it and was just kind of I'm in pain, so I'm moving a little bit. And I just remember her, you know, saying, sit still, or this is going to take a lot longer. You need to calm down. Um, it just had me sobbing even more. So um, I think in that moment, I should have known. Um, I was still lightheaded. I just, I, I still hadn't let myself realize that I was having a miscarriage at this point. 
Um, I also hadn't had any water or food in like 10 or 12 hours. So like my mouth is dry. I'm, it, it just was not a fun experience. So after the exam, um, I asked her if I said, you know, did you see anything? Is, is everything okay? Please tell me everything's okay. Um, and she just said, you know, I'm not allowed to say anything. You'll have to talk to the doctor. So um, I get wheeled back to my room and I got back in the room and, you know, just continued to pass through, um, through these contractions. And, um, at some point after about 12 hours, I was given two Tylenol. Um, after, you know, being in the hospital for that long, I, I just remember thinking two Tylenol, that's, <laughs> that's not going to do it. That's not going to take care of this pain for me. Um, so at some point my husband it was early in the morning. So I know my husband reached back out to um, reach out to his parents because we were supposed to grab breakfast with them the next morning and, and told them what happened. Um, so at some point, I didn't even know they were coming, but his mom and dad showed up and they let um, his parents come into the emergency room. Um, I was so dizzy and lightheaded. I honestly don't even remember how long they were there for or like I honestly don't even remember if I spoke to them. Um, I'm still passing contractions. Um, finally, they brought me in like a cup of ice and they were letting me suck on some ice <laughs> to kind of help with my thirst. Um, still going through the contractions and um, the doctor finally came back into the room with two nurses and they just said, you know, Julie, we're going to take you into another room. Um, and all they said was, we're going to get rid of some of this pain for you. We're going to get rid of the pain. I had no idea what was about to happen. They didn't tell me anything about what they were going to do. Um, luckily, they did allow my husband to come with me. Um, so I'm getting wheeled out of the room and I get into another smaller room and you know, they had the leg things kind of on the bed that they put me on. Um, and finally, I asked them, you know, what was going on? And they said that they were going to help with some of the bleeding. And so at this point, I still have not been told I was having a miscarriage. Um, I'm still screaming out in pain during the contractions. Um, and finally, I put my legs up on the thing and I just remember looking down and, you know, this doctor and these two ER nurses are kind of at my feet. Everyone's just kind of looking at me and I'm in so much pain. And um, I just remember seeing some sort of like silver surgical looking equipment. Um, I was in so much pain at this point and um, I was still just bleeding and having cramping contractions and I was just crying out to my husband. He was um, squeezing my hand, sobbing, and I just remember them kind of putting these instruments, you know, without getting into too much detail. I, I could just feel like scraping and um, just a lot of uncomfortable stuff happening to me and I was still having these contractions. So the nurse finally got me some actual like pain medication during the middle of what they're doing to me, I was finally given some medication aside from those Tylenol. And I mean, I, it felt like an hour. I'm, I'm sure it was probably closer to 15 to 20 minutes. Um, it finally was over or whatever they did to me. And 
um, you know, the doctor said, I, I think we've done what we can do. Um, it was over and I was sobbing and scared and I couldn't really believe what had just happened to me. They wheeled me back to my regular room and, um, you know, I was thankful because that was the first moment I finally felt some relief and I didn't have these pains return after a couple of minutes. I, I finally did feel some relief, but it was um, a pretty traumatic experience going through all that. And um, finally I got back to my room and I, I shut my eyes and I, I think I took like an hour nap or something and they discharged me after that like hour nap. They, you know, they, they said, you know, we've done what we can do. Um, you're not in pain anymore, so you can leave. And I still at that point had not been told that I had a miscarriage or that I had lost my baby. I, um, I was exhausted and heartbroken and, um, I, I knew, but it just, the fact that no one ever told me, I was never told that when I was in the hospital. I, um, I just wanted to get home and, and get to, get to my bed to see my dog. And we still had, a <clears throat> we still had like a seven hour drive back to Charlotte. Um, so the doctor said I should just get a hotel room, but I, I just wanted to get home. So my husband reluctantly um, got on the road and we just kind of rode in silence and it was, it was just a really weird feeling. Um, we were driving for probably three or four hours and I was really thirsty again. So we pulled over and I wasn't thinking, and I, I think I got something with some caffeine, like a tea or something, and um, just not thinking at all. And we got back on the highway, and after about 30 minutes, um, that pain returned, and um, it was just as bad. The contractions and cramping um, was just as bad, if not worse, than it was before. And I was, you know, we're driving down the highway, and I'm, I'm screaming in pain again. Um, and I told Matt I had to get out of the car. So he just, I remember he pulled over on the side of the highway. Um, and I just got out of the car and I was laying on the ground um, on the side of the highway, just in, just in a crazy amount of pain. So, um, you know, whatever they did to me in the hospital, we were thinking, you know, they, they did everything. Like, what else is there to do? We're thinking something isn't right. This isn't normal. I, I shouldn't be feeling worse than I felt um, from before the last time. So Matt took me to another ER that was about 25 minutes down the road um, outside of Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and we get to the hospital and I basically had to go through all of the exact same stuff that I went through at the first hospital. They checked me in, they, you know, asked on a scale of one to 10, like what my, what my pain level was. And I'm screaming through these contractions. And um, finally they get me into another emergency room. They take my blood, they put another IV in me. They did a pelvic exam, which was just so uncomfortable because I was still in so much pain from what happened to me at the first emergency room. Um, you know, I did have all the paperwork from the first hospital, so it, it wasn't as bad. They didn't ask me as many questions, but, um, you know, he was more generous with the pain medication since I'm assuming the paperwork, um, I still haven't brought myself to looking at my, my paperwork, but um, 
he was more gener generous with the pain meds, I think, because he did already knew that I was having, um, that I had had a miscarriage. And um, I was at the second emergency room for about four hours and just continued to pass clots. And I was finally discharged. So um, at this point, I, I was exhausted. I had been bleeding for about 60 hours or so. Um, you know, I was having what I believe to have been labor contractions for almost 24 hours straight. Um, I was exhausted and um, I just, I remember feeling just empty and, and broken and numb at the time. And I felt kind of violated by what had happened to me. Um, I still don't think that the first emergency room that I went to handled things the way that they should have been handled. Um, and I just remember like the whole day, just the, the look on my husband's face, it was, um, it was unbearable seeing him like having to watch me go through this and not being able to take away any of the pain. And then I had also these feelings of, you know, this is my fault. You know, I wasn't able to carry our baby to, to term. My, my husband just doesn't deserve this. He's, he's wanted this for so long. Um, I made him wait. Um, I just, I felt like a terrible person and I just put him through what I just had to put him through. And um, it was just a really awful feeling. And I remember we were pulling back onto the highway to go back to Charlotte. We only had about two hour drive left, but um, as we're pulling onto the highway, um, I remember my husband just kind of starting to turn on the radio and a, a podcast came on literally that night. I've never liked podcasts. I've never listened to a podcast and my husband is in, you know, like sales management and he's always been really big on podcasts and tries to get me to read, listen to them and I just kind of roll my eyes, but, um, it came on and I was too tired to argue with him. And, um, I just kind of started listening and I heard, um, you know, this, my husband found found uh, the Life After Miscarriage podcast, and literally as we were getting on the highway, um, he turned it on, and um, it was the first thing I heard after that. And I, you know, heard this just absolutely crushing story about um, you know a wife and a husband who had lost a baby, and I'm just bawling my eyes out. But I just remember listening to the words and um, how I just didn't feel alone in the moment, and. Um, and that's all I had felt up until that point. So, you know, I have a ton of friends who have had successful pregnancies <clears throat> and deliveries, and I have not once had a friend tell me that they've had a miscarriage or anything, you know, gone through anything like this. So I just, I felt like an alien and <laughs> um, it was just, the podcast was helpful. It let me know that other people had gone through this and I wasn't alone. So. Um, we finally, you know, got home and um, no one really prepares you for getting home from something like this, but I opened the door and my eyes went straight to the refrigerator where my ultrasound pick was. And <laughs> I just remember breaking down and I literally just fell to the ground. I, I couldn't, um, it, it was just, it was a really dark time for me. It was, you know, the days after were really hard. My husband, took off work for like two to three days, I think, um, which was really nice having him there. 
Um, I really couldn't bring myself to leave my bedroom. I was just kind of laying around in bed besides, you know, getting up to walk to like the, the bathroom or the refrigerator. Um, I had, you know, no type of appetite. I, I couldn't get out of my house. I just, I just remember feeling, um, you know, trapped and, um, really lonely. And my husband had to obviously return to work. Um, so I just, I was kind of alone at my house and, um, you know, this is all right around the time where COVID started happening. Um, my miscarriage happened on March 1st. And so it was kind of right before things started getting crazy, but, um, yeah, it was, it was just a really dark time for us. And I, you know, gradually started to, you know, see people like my sister would stop by and it was, um, just a, a really hard time, not just like the physical pain from recovery and stuff, but just very exhausted. Um, and yeah, I had a couple of complications after everything. I don't really need to get into all that. So I was still having to go see my doctor occasionally. And um, yeah, after about six months, I, um, you know, we, we tried to get pregnant again right away and, and haven't been able to. So we've kind of started, started going through the IUI process. I just had my first, um, my first round of that last month. So, um, we're hopeful that everything will, um, will work out. It's just, it's been a really, 2020 has really been a hard, hard year for us. And, you know, we're still going through the, the recovery process. So. Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Like, seriously, that was probably one of the most traumatic experiences that I have ever heard on this podcast. Like, what you went through at that first hospital is not okay. I I mean, I've, like, heard other people's stories, and it just, I, there's, at the time, I, I wasn't thinking clearly, and now that I've had time to kind of, like, go back, and my husband and I have, like, talked through what happened, like, I just it's not okay. (laughs) No, that's so horrible. Oh goodness. I literally had chills when you were like explaining it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so like ridiculous. I have no words, honestly, like no words at all. Um, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? My I've thought about this. I I would say my main advice is just to get help. Um, The sooner you can get help and welcome the help, the better. I wish, um, you know, I I did start listening to the podcast right away and that was so, so, so helpful. Um, But I was in such a dark place for gosh, it was probably three to four months and my, my husband was worried about me. So he, um, my husband is just always takes the initiative to kind of go a step beyond. And he, um, actually found a group. I've uh, actually another person that has been on your podcast that was also from Charlotte talked about this and I kind of lit up when I heard it. Um, but my husband found a nonprofit group here in Charlotte called Kinderborn. Um, so we started doing like weekly, like one-on-one sessions over zoom with a counselor and she ended up, um, she suggested us getting involved with one of the group sessions. Um, so we ended up 
going every Tuesday evening for about two to three hours. Um, we met with a group and it was just the most helpful thing I've ever done for myself. I'm not, I don't see like a therapist. I, I think, you know, everyone could probably benefit from something like that, but I always tend to push my feelings inside and I don't really like to talk about things like this. And um, it just, it forced me to open up and talk about it. And it was just very therapeutic listening to the other couple's stories and hearing what they went through and just having someone else to like relate with and, and bond over it. It was, it was extremely, extremely um, helpful to just to find that group. So I, I definitely recommend if you have access to something like that, um, you know, I, I absolutely recommend doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. I've heard I've heard Kinder Morn on this podcast before, um, so I think that that's super cool that you have access to something like that. I've looked into it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what a what a like cool concept that they have going. Um, is that do you know? Is that only? So like, is I, that is that national? Like where? Like is it everywhere? So I don't think that it's everywhere. I think Kinder Morn is just in Charlotte, and it was normally okay. they had done it for. Um, for people, for children who had lost like a parent. And then I think this is sort of a newer branch of it. Um, But I have heard, like I have, you know, a lot of family and stuff in in, like Richmond, Virginia. And I think they have something similar there. So, but but I do think Kinderborn is just here in Charlotte. Okay. Very cool. Um, Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Yeah, um, I'm probably most active on on Instagram. Um, my username on Instagram, I think, is it's Jules J U L E S Kerr K I R, and then my last name Brown um, is an Instagram. I am on Facebook, but but I get on Instagram probably the most. <laughs> awesome, and I'll link that in the description of this episode too, so that um, people listening can reach out to you and you know, ask you questions or just connect, relate, that type of thing. That's kind of what this podcast is all about. So thank you so much for doing this. And I'm so sorry for what you went through. That is like on a next level. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I, I really just think what you're doing is amazing and it's been so helpful for me. So thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I couldn't do it without you girls. So all the credit goes to you guys who are willing to share and be vulnerable. So best of luck moving forward and you'll have to keep us posted. Absolutely. Well, (laughs) all right. We will talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.